you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, um, I just want to speak to you a few minutes about ending your year well, ending this year well. And in order to do that, you've you got to kind of like go back over the year. And I am a proponent of finding the things that are a blessing in my life. And doing what I can do to make sure that those things are taking priority in my life. After all, I do want to be blessed. Amen? Don't you want to be blessed? So if you find things that are a blessing in your life, find a way. If it's people, make sure they know that they're a blessing in your life. That they, that they speak into your life. That, that they mean a lot to you. I, I don't usually call out people from this pulpit, but I, I will say this. I will call this man's name today, Matthew Woodhouse. Matt Woodhouse, you've been a friend to me. A lot of you have, but you have no idea what the, the short text means because you walked out years of, of pastoring, and, and so you know. I mean, if you don't know, you, you can't be responsible for what you don't know, but if you do know, I really appreciate that there's a number of ministers that you reach out to, and it means a lot to me. I'm sure it means a lot to them. We are supposed to bless each other. We're supposed to bless each other with words, and I try to do it to you guys. I try to send you uh, things as I feel God gives me a prompting to do. But um, So when you find things in your life that are a blessing to you, you need to find a way to make sure those things know that you, if it's a person, if it's a thing, you can't really uh, let the thing know, hey, you're a blessing to me. But you can prioritize that thing. You can move it up in the rotation, you know. There's a reason that steak is on the rotation at the house and not just squash, unless it's fried with ranch. With ranch. Then it comes up. There are things that can make things come up in the rotation, right? And, and, and as they happen in your life, you need, to, you need to shift those things and be willing to shift. But there are other things as we look back over a year, and it's so hard to believe it's been a year. You need to look at things also, as you look at things that bless you, look at things that aren't blessing you. There was a tree that did not bear fruit, and the order was given to cut it down, and then the plea came, let me, let me have one more year. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Let me, let me give it some special care. Let, let, me, let me see if one more year's worth will bring blessing out of this tree. But I'm talking about more than just a tree this morning. If you have things in your life that for years they haven't been a blessing. You need to really consider that. I, I can't live your life for you. I can give you reference points. I can give you biblical scripture. And I can give you advice that you can, you can shuck it. I'm not a trained professional by any means. But I can tell you a lot of the times what the Word says. 
And then it just simple comes, simply comes down to disobedience. But if you have something that's always showing up, when trouble shows up, wow, it's there. You need to consider that. You need to consider that. The end of a year, I mean, you're, you're kind of getting a New Year's message today. But I, I kind of want to do something different this year at New Year. So you're getting this at the end of this year. So you've got, you've got time to, to make changes. But the only way that you can make changes is you, you have an opportunity right now to redefine the priorities in your life. You have an opportunity to, to look back and say, did I, did I make something important that really wasn't that important? Do I need to, to move something around in, in my life? You need to find out what's important. You need to find out what's urgent. You need to find out what's an emergency. You know, we have these facilities. We have doctor's office. We have urgent care. We have emergency room. Have you seen the urgent care signs that say 15 minutes? It's a 15-minute wait for urgent care. I've seen it go up to 60 minutes. I've heard of people going to the emergency room having to wait more than 24 hours to even be seen right now. More than 24 hours to even be seen. In an emergency situation. I had a situation happen one time at a hospital. This was before COVID or anything. And it got so bad. My wife and I looked the doctor in the eye and said, if you don't do something, I'm going to call 911 from this hospital room and demand they come and get me. There's a time that you got to do that. There's a time when the eyes can have fire. The, the Bible says you can be angry, just don't sin. And I'm telling you, I was there. Sin was knocking at the door. It was crouched and ready, and I was about to fail that test. But there are times that you need to find out. If, you've got, if you believe you've got a purpose in your life, you need to ask yourself, if you believe that you've got a destiny in your life, am I moving towards that? Am I moving towards that? I, I know it's, it's easy to take this aspect uh, or take this look on it. I should have been there by now. I, I've done that. I, I've been that guy. Where I, I've thought, man, I, I should have, I, I should be further along than I am right now. Come on now. Amen? Anybody? Any takers on that? But I also have to ask myself, am I on course? Am I even on course? Did, did I derail and don't know it? Is there a reason that I'm not moving towards my purpose in life? Is there a reason that I'm not moving towards destiny? Do I even believe I have destiny in my life? Let me tell you. If you're born and created and made by Almighty God and His breath is inside of you and you believe on Him, you have purpose. And it's okay for you to believe that I am better than this and I should be further along. But are you hampering yourself? I believe if I'm going to put a, a, a block in front of me, I believe it needs to be for gain's sake. So that if I can jump this high, and tomorrow I can still jump this high, 
And the next day, I can still jump this high. Well, I need to start thinking about what's going to get me a little higher so that I can get a little higher, so I can get a little higher. My son has gotten so, so long in his arms and, and his, but his legs and torso haven't caught up as much yet. He's five, eight and a half. And he told me years ago, you know, he loves basketball. But he told me years ago, he said, Dad, I want to be 6'5". And I was like, amen, son. <laughs> me too. Me too. I talked to one of the other parents at a basketball game this week. He's a, he's a fine man. His name's Donald. Donald is like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I'm right on six. But those eight or nine inches are huge when you're standing next to a man. So I came down to the top bleacher. We got to talking last week at a game over in Spartanburg. and got to know him and everything. So we talked at the end of this game. And when I talked to Donald, he had sat down at, uh, on the floor, the, the court level. And so I came down and talked to him. He was like right here, and I'm, I'm on the, the first bleacher up, and I'm talking to him. I'm about this much taller than him now. And I said, Donald, I just want you to know. We were talking. I said, it's not to throw it off. I said, I just want you to know what I'm talking to you right now. You feel like I felt last week. And he looked at me funny, and I said, I came off the bleachers, and I looked at it. And I got back up on it, you know. Okay, maybe that was just for me. <laughs> Zero takers. So Walker's wanting to, to, to be 6'5", but he's already got a huge accomplishment. He, I cannot even tell you. Uh, some of you guys that have uh, young boys in your house, and you got these, these fingerprint lines, from uh, every time they come out, bam! And it's all great and everything until... You start seeing them little soil lines up there, and it's like they're part monkey, obviously. And it's like brown all over the place. And then as I look from the side, I can see the streaks that are going into it, like where their hands are scrubbing from back here. So now it's just like all these trail lines leading up to them, like we don't wash our house, do we? And he got to the, the place he got sick a few weeks ago. And I remember places in the house where, where he was at when he finally could start touching those, those, those places in the house. So like some height, like seven feet and, and eight feet. And, and now he could, he could hit his head on it. And he actually could touch a ten-foot rim at five, eight and a half. That's pretty good. I, I, I couldn't do it. And he got sick and he came back. He said, Dad, I can't touch the rim anymore. And he had lost seven pounds. At his age, seven pounds is a lot. I said, well, son, just hang on. It'll come back. It'll come back. And then this week he told me, he said, Dad, at practice I touched the rim three times. I said, it's back. It's back. You're getting your strength back. It takes When you've lost seven pounds at your age, it takes a minute to get it back. Now your strength's coming back, and he's feeling that and all that. All I'm saying is if you used to be able to do something and you can't do it for a little while, there's a reason for that. you got to find out what it is. And you got to let people be a voice in your life of reason when you can't figure it out for yourself. All I'm trying to do this morning is be a voice of reason. When we lived in Greenville, South Carolina, I remember there was a, I don't remember his name. He came on the radio, and maybe you've heard it if you listen to AM radio and stuff on the road. But he'd say, he'd say, 
Uh, he would say his name. He'd say, I'm the lonely voice of reason and a cacophony of chaotic something. I don't even know what all that means, but it sounded like something. It's like, but what he's saying is like, listen to me and I'll help you. You got to have people in your life that'll help you. And, and this morning, maybe I'm that guy. And whether I'm that guy or not, I'm looking at the answer. I'm looking at the guy, uh, the, the one that can, can help us all. So our goals, are, are, they, are they worthwhile? Are we in alignment? Let me read just a few verses for you out of Ephesians chapter 5. Now, Ephesians, you know, it's one of my favorite books. If you'll, if you'll fall in love with Ephesians, it's not going to be hard to because Ephesians calls you what the enemy, it tells you what the enemy won't tell you about yourself. It calls you what God calls you. Ephesians will look at you at a way that you'll be like, wow, he, he does love me. He, he does see something inside of me. It will help you understand there's a place of establishment. He wants you to realize where you're even safe inside of that. The enemy tries to make you think that you're not even saved sometimes. Does that ever happen to anybody here? It, it, it happens to me. Are you even saved? Does God even love you? That's a lie from the enemy. In Ephesians, I have to go back to it a, a lot. I, I preach a lot of it because it continually I have to be reminded of who I am. I'm reminded of who I am in Christ. So there's a lot that's happened to get to chapter 5. There's a lot of shaping. But I want to talk about this chapter 5 because it's talking about walking in love, walking in light, and walking in the wisdom. And if we're going to reevaluate our year, we need to kind of see what that would be like to walk in love. I mean, we usually have a pretty good handle on that. But to walk in light, to walk in wisdom, light's going light's to make a demand on us if we talk about it. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. This is Paul talking. He's already, ta he's already said, do what I do. And later on, he'll say, do what I do. And he'll talk about people who did things. He said, you need to do what they do. But he's talking about right here. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. I'm his child. I'm, I'm going to do what he's given me to do. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, that means joking about it, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. So that lets you know there's a lot of people that are going to partake. Don't be one of those people. Walk in light. For you were once darkness. That's why as they song, sang this song this morning, I remembered some darkness in my life. And it hurt. That I, It hurt not just because it, it wasn't helping me. I was away from the Lord. And that hurts. So that, should be, that should remind me of pain in my life. I was outside of the umbrella of His protection. I don't want to ever forget that. I don't want to ever act like that didn't happen. I don't want to glamorize it, but I certainly don't want to forget what that was like. For you were once darkness, 
But now, I love that. But now, that's why I praise. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, and this time the word Spirit is actually translated as light. For the, the, for the light, for the Spirit, for the fruit of, uh, of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable in the Lord. So if you don't know what's acceptable in the Lord, His light will shine and show you those areas that are acceptable. There will be goodness, there will be righteousness and truth. The goodness and the righteousness and truth in them are the proof that it is acceptable unto God. He's like, you'll, you'll find me. His word says, if you seek for me, you will find me. What an incredible promise. If you search for me, you will find me. And have no fellowship. Say no fellowship. With the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. Rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done in them by secret, or done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So he's saying, Walk in love and walk in light, and I will help you with these things. I will, my light, nobody will have to tell you that these things are wrong. My light will show you that these things are wrong. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I think that so much of this is just funny. He said, don't get drunk. And then he says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know who does that better than anybody? A drunk person that's been to church. I get a, I, you'd be amazed at how many times I've been around drunk people, and they'll start preaching to me. <laughs> they'll, they'll, their emotions will be on top. I'm talking about really drunk. Then they'll be at the bottom. They'll sing anything, they're happy, they're, 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 and then they'll just go into this depravity, and woe is me, and like, man, it's like, oh, I wish I were at home right now, but I'm here with you, and you're drunk, and you ain't going to remember this. There's a time when, it, when this man is not even alive anymore. I was, I, was at a, I was at a convention, I was in a hotel room with my wife. I got called by a drunk from the church who got drunk all the time, and I made the mistake of, oh. Well, there went an hour of my life I'll never get back. And sometimes I'm like, why, Lord? Why and why now? Not just why, why now? But anyway. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, 
I, I, I really want to, to touch this. I was like, giving thanks always for all things to God, verse 20, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So I really want to just take a few minutes right here with verse 15, 16, and 17. See then that you walk circumspectly. That actually means to walk carefully. It is it, it, in the references it says it's deviating in no respect from the law of duty. You know things that you've got to do now that there's some dutiful things whenever you become a Christian. There's some things that you do just because of duty. Duty calls. Duty calls. You know what called the night that that my wife was in Indiana, in Indianapolis with me, in a hotel room, and I got called by the drunk. Well, duty called. <laughs> Thanks, duty. It's not always fun when duty calls, and I'll move on past that. Y'all aren't, aren't biting very well on that. But you had been mad, too, if you had been in Indiana with your wife and duty called. That's been 30 years ago. I'm still feeling it. I, I still have a problem with that one from the Lord. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Not as fools, but as wise. There's a distinction being made there. There's a lot of, see then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Seems like that would be easy to figure out right there. Not as fools, but as wise. Seems like that would be an easy distinction. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understanding. Wisdom is applied knowledge. We, we, you can read that out of any definition. Apply, knowledge is one thing, but wisdom is when you take that knowledge and apply it to your life. It involves understanding. It involves comprehending the subject matter. All of those things. Wisdom has to be applied. Foolishness. It's when you don't apply what you know you should apply. A lot of people, the problem isn't with knowledge. It's they're not applying what they know. That, okay. Wise versus Foolish. Knowledge is not your problem, the lack of application. Lack of application. How about this year? How many things this whole year have you applied that you know that would have helped you? You've got to be honest with yourself, okay? If wise means to apply knowledge, then foolish means to get knowledge and not apply it. Get knowledge and not apply it. If your pastor stands up here every week and gives you his word, and even if you amen it, it doesn't mean a thing if you don't take it out of here and do something with it. It's got way more than a two-hour shelf life anyway. You can put it in your repertoire for the rest of your life if it came out of God's word and you'll never wear it out. And it will always bless you and lead to blessing every time. If wise means to apply knowledge, then foolish means to get knowledge and not apply it. Okay? 
Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Take inventory. Redefine the priorities of your life. Find out what the will of the Lord is. What are your routines? What, 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 what do you find yourself doing? What do you do habitually? Yeah, that one, I'm telling you, you need to really reevaluate or evaluate, at least evaluate what do you do habitually? Because sometimes it's, it, it's not the, the things that you do occasionally, it's the things that you do habitually. Over and over and over. I, 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 I beat this dead horse. Do you know what happens if you beat a dead horse? I don't really know where we got that. I was thinking about this morning, beating a dead horse. I was like, God, does sometimes I, all I do is stand up there and beat a dead horse? And you know what came to me just like that? Beat a dead horse, you'll stir up the flies. I'll never forget a time at Hickory Knob in South Carolina when I was a kid. Somebody would take us to ride horses. I don't even remember their name. I remember it was a green station wagon, and I remember riding horses. I remember being on a horse that would, we rode that thing until it wouldn't ride him. When I was down there trying to give it the, the ribs, trying to beat on it, that thing just sat there like it was dead. It just stood there. It's like, I'm not riding another kid again in my life. But I remember we finally got on a horse, and that thing took me through a trail. And I was just riding through the woods, and all of a sudden I flies everywhere. And I smelled something horrible. There's a dead horse laying there. A dead horse. You really want me to mess up your lunch? Okay. So I was rabbit hunting one time. And I came up on this big bloated animal, and it was a hog. I'm a kid, has a 22 rifle, bloated hog, bing, Psst. A lot of things can get stirred up when you start beating a dead thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't worth ruining your lunch over, but that was good. <laughs> I didn't come here to beat y'all up today. I say things to you because I love you. It'd be so easy this time of year to give y'all a fluff message. Be easy. Be easy. We could have been out of here by now. Y'all could have been like, man, Pastor John, maybe he'll go into the new year giving, getting us out of here in 30 minutes. Or I could give you something that will help you. I'm going to stand in front of the Lord for it. You're going to stand in front of the Lord for a lot of things. But I'm going to stand in front of the Lord for this right here. And i got to listen to him and tell y'all what I believe he gave me. And I believe he wants us to rise. And when we rise, everything can't go with us. And there are things that we need to let go of that have not blessed us yet. I'm talking to every person in here and no one individually about that. You know what you need to let go of. 
You know what it is. And it may not be the same for everybody else. But for you, it hasn't blessed you. And if it's not blessed you yet, newsflash, probably not going to. Probably not going to. There, there's a reason that people, will, children come to you with this, with, with this thing. Come on up, uh, Ryan or Christy, whichever one. There's, there's a reason that people, that children come up to you with this um, uh, excuse whenever you get on to them. Well, all my other friends are doing it. May not be for you, though. May not be for you. When you're finding out what pleases the Lord, that's another scripture. Find out what pleases the Lord. You're going to find out that God's not mean. When he, when he removes things out of your life, it's not to be mean to you. It's actually to create capacity for him. That could be anything. That could actually even be, believe it or not, good things. Can I tell you that sometimes the enemy of great in your life is good? It's a settling place. You don't have to settle. You need to just be released for that mentality. I don't have to settle. God calls me higher. He calls me higher. Consider this New Year's a month early. Three weeks, three and a half weeks early. Can't believe that we're this deep into 2022. Before you know it, those of you who still write checks will be writing checks in January, March 2022. Let me prophesy that to you. No fun. No fun. That's because in this one year's time, you learned to write 2022. Because in last year, you had to reshape your brain to not write 2021. In the year before that, you didn't have to write 2020. In the year before that, boy, that was a big one. You came out of the teens into the 20s. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, not, not, it's not a teen anymore. It's the 20s. I hope y'all didn't do that or didn't look like I just did doing that. <laughs> Sometimes that shocked me. I'm just saying, every year your brain gets reshaped in some little ways. Sometimes a major fix in your life is just a little bitty thing. I've been around, I've been, I've been privileged to be around some incredible people who understand the mind, and they help people, and they counsel people. And what I've learned from them, so many times, what needed to be fixed wasn't this major overhaul. It was this little bitty, little bitty tweak. Little bitty tweak. I shoot a bow. I, I realized this last week... I, Two weeks ago, I, I shot a deer, and when I, when I shot a deer, thankfully, it hit it enough to where it, we'll be eating that one, okay? We'll be eating that one. 
But I knew something wasn't just right because I can usually even see, even though it happens real fast, I can usually see about where my arrow hit, and I didn't see it. I heard it. And I was like, ah, I hate it when that happens. I got it home, and I shot it at my target, and my arrow that should have been going in the target was off to the side, and it's actually going in like this. So I was like, what in the world was that? And then I shot it again. I realized my arrow was doing this through the air. And I had something that had got knocked off. I got it fixed. I got it fixed enough in my garage because I live in a subdivision, and they already look at me weird. <laughs> I'd look at me weird too. But I'm shooting in my garage. I can only fix it so much. So I fixed it to I, I, I like go back. I have a target in my garage. I tell everybody in the house, y'all stay on that side of the house. <laughs> I shut all the do- I shut all the doors. Don't I, I love y'all. <laughs> And I go down the driveway, and I get between my two vehicles, and I'm like looking who's walking their dog, and I'm like real quick. And it's close. It's close. I'm like, what? So I go see some of my friends last night and on the farm, and, and I just back up a target to 25 yards, and I shoot, and it's about that far off. And I'm like, that's, that's not good enough. But what I thought was, I, I, I had some fine-tuning to do. I had some fine-tuning to do. And sometimes up close it can look like it just needs to move a little bit. And the fact is, it does only need to move a little bit. I'm talking about ever so slightly fine-tuned. Here's the problem, though. That fine-tuned adjustment makes a big difference out here just a little bit further. And what you'll fix right now will pay dividends later on this week. What you'll fix right now will pay dividends next month. What you'll fix in this old year will pay dividends in your new year. Amen? Will you pray with me right now? Lord, I believe because your word is so powerful that you have blessed us to bring something in front of every one of us that is a reality of what has not been blessing. I'm not preaching on specifics today. I don't want to be that pastor. These people are grown adults. You know who they are, but you speak to their hearts. And you would only do that because blessing is what you hold for us. Help us not to set obstacles in front of ourselves. Help us to remove things in our lives that have yet to bless. Lord, I've preached on learning to thank you in the heavenly realm by thanking you before I even bring you a request. When we've learned in the earthly realm to thank after we got something, we've learned to thank you before we get something. Even though we haven't got it, we just believe that we're going to. God, why can't in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm, why can't we look at things in our life that go bad and we look at something that caused that, it was evident, it was right there, and we'll regret it then after the fact. God, help us to regret it before the fact enough to say this thing is not worth it for me, my family. 
My relationship with you is more important to me than this thing. God, I want the next year to be better than this year. I want every year, I want to rise in you. And I expect this time next year for you to deal with me because I'm a work in progress. I'm always going to need to be pruned, God. I'm, I'm a human. I'm always going to need to, I'm going to have things growing out of me that need to be clipped and pruned. It's the nature of who we are. Let us find out what pleases you, and then let us be submissive to you, God. God, if we only have wisdom and don't apply it, that means foolishness is knocking our door down. And we don't want to fall into that trap. You've given us knowledge so we can know. And you've given us the ability to move past just knowing into wisdom. And that is through your light shining in areas of our life and in us obeying on what you shed light on, what you've made manifest with your light. And then to actually do what the Word says and expose those things so that they can be removed from our life. God, we even take it as warnings. If it's a warning that needs to be, let it be a a warning. Whatever it needs to be, God. If it helps us in the end, let it be what it needs to be. Thank you for loving us enough to show us these things in your word. God, I pray over this holiday season. There are many that are in tremendous pain. There are many that have gone through a lot. There are some that are sick right now. Some in this very church body that want to be right back here worshiping. They can't yet because they're not well in their body. We pray over them in Jesus' name. We give you thanks for their healing. God, for those that are hurting and that, that pain will never go away till we are in your presence. We remember that today and we thank you, God, because you help us with it. And you're near to us. And we give you praise for that. For those that are having a wonderful, wonderful season in their life, we pray it lasts a long time, God. We pray it lasts longer than it feels like it should knowing that we go from victory to victory in you. There has to be times in our life that distinguish times from victory to other times that are less desirable. In everything, God, we give you praise. In everything, we give you thanks. You're a good God. You're a good Father, and we love you. I speak blessing over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.